Hi, this is Jim Quick, and I have a quick update for you. I'm proud to announce my very first book, Limitless. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, and unlock your exceptional life. This book is not only based on the latest neuroscience, it is field tested for over 28 years of working with some of the most amazing minds on our planet. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and enjoy this book. Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. So we are back with best-selling author and eternal optimist, Simon Sinek. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. This is the third conversation that we're having on The Infinite Game. The first one, I highly recommend you listen to the first two. The first one was how to live with an infinite mindset. And then it was how to lead with this infinite mindset. And now the third one, I want to talk about learning because obviously you're a big fan of learning if you're listening and watching this. How do you learn with an infinite mindset? So this is the conversation. And this is a new topic. I want to I apply, um, people have already listened to previous episodes. They know that they have a definition of the, the finite game and the infinite game. We went through the five practices uh, in the last episode. And I want to take those five practices and see if we can map it on learning and the importance of learning along with leadership and, and living also as well. Yeah, I mean, this is fun. I haven't done this, so this will be, we're, we're pioneering right now. Okay, so um, when we're talking about learning as an individual or yeah. learning organizations, and we're going through the five different practices, when we're thinking about the first one, like a just cause, how would that, how can that apply towards towards learning? So I think people who, who view learning uh, only as a means to an ends, you know, which is um, I need to get an A um, so they can get the best job. You know, I need to come in first because I want to be better than everybody else. You know, when we view learning as a finite game, then what we're doing is we learn to take the test for the grade, not learn to take the test to learn actually the, to learn the subject. Mm -hmm. there, we, and we all know these tricks, you know, you study differently for a multiple choice test than you do for an essay test, you know, because you don't actually have to know the subject, you have to recognize the answers. Um, and so to, to, to learn with an infinite mindset is I want to learn because I want to be the best version of myself so that I can contribute contribute even more to the world and the lives of the people around me. There's a, there's a purpose rather than individual achievement um, for the learning. I think that would be approaching learning within, with an infinite mindset, which is I choose to learn so that I can give even more uh, mm. to, to the world around me. See, that inspires me because if I imagine a world where people have stepped into their genius and they have they have access to an incredible potential, what an amazing world that would be. Exactly. I mean, it's why you do what you do. So, uh, so, so, yeah. I think that that's what it would be to uh, advance to, to think of learning with it with an infinite mindset. We know what happens in the extreme when we approach learning with a finite mindset. We're seeing it play out. Um, with uh, the university admission scandals, mm -hmm. where these well-intentioned parents think that it's a good idea to bribe uh, university officials right. 
because if I get, and the, the logic is, if I get my kid into the best universities, it'll set them up for life. Except for the fact that they're gonna struggle those universities because they're not qualified to go to them, and you actually lie to get them in. You know, every parent wants the best for their children, but the way to do that is to help the kids learn so that they can achieve these things themselves, which builds self-confidence, it builds learning, it builds education. In other words, they weren't treating education with an infinite mindset. It wasn't about the learning and the self-improvement. It was simply a finite mindset. It was all transactional. It was about achievement and status. So um, that's what happens in the extreme when we approach education with a finite mindset. Mm. Two, I just, I just got... I call them goose, they're goosebumps, but I call them truth bumps. That's, I like that. Number two, the second practice. Yeah. So when we're taking this, the second practice of building trusting, trusting teams, yeah. I, I think building trusting teams is essential uh, if you think about learning because, you know, none of us can really learn alone. I mean, you can read books, right? Um, but true learning doesn't just happen from taking in information, it comes from discussing information. Mm -hmm. It comes from, we need to have teachers. We need to have people to write the books, but we need to have teachers, we need mentors, we need mentees, we need people that we can pass on, we need students. Mm -hmm. And I think it's these, you know, I think one of the weaknesses in modern education is we think that we can replace a teacher with, uh, uh, with a website, right. with an app. And we think that we can get as good an education through online learning as we can through uh, old fashioned classroom learning. And the answer is yes, we, can, we may be able to achieve the same grade on the test, but the, 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 the art of learning, the debate, the discussion, the, the, the ability to raise your hand and disagree requires the relationship with another person. Mm. Uh, and the, the teachers that we loved growing up in high school or yeah. college or younger, the teachers that we learned the most from were teachers that we felt cared about us, that they felt, that we felt that um, when we struggled, they said, come on, you can do this. They believed in us. We've forgotten a lot of our teachers but the ones we remember are the ones that, quite frankly, built these trusting teams. Mm -hmm. They allowed us to ask difficult questions and not be humiliated, you know? Um, so I think building trusting teams is absolutely essential for learning. People wanna, do we have relationships that people wanna engage with us about things that are, that are academic mm -hmm. um, or practical? Um, so I think trusting teams is absolutely essential, which then leads to worthy rivals, which I think is also really interesting if we think about in terms of education, which is who's better at the subject that we're trying to advance our own knowledge of than we are that we could learn from, rather than prove that we're smarter than they are, cite more studies than they can cite, brag that we read more books on the subject than they have. You know, who, who's, who's, at, who's better than us at something that we can learn from or, or that their, their strengths reveal to us our weaknesses of a new direction to learn or a new way to learn uh, I think is actually really interesting. It just, it, it, I think worthy rivals will help us reveal new ways in which we can uh, take in information. And those rivals, it's interesting that rivals and also those trusted teams, it's social. So it's not solo. You can learn solo, but you can learn even better social. I think so. I mean, you're the expert. So, I mean, is that true? This is absolutely okay, true. Okay, so then, so then yes. And number, number four, <laughs> the fourth practice. Uh, the uh, existential flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one's also really interesting in that one, which is if we've gone down a path of learning in one direction, are we willing to blow it, blow it up? Are we willing to say, and by the way, it has to be purposeful. It can't be, you know, Just for the sake this of movement it. of saying, you know, universities, college is bad, don't go to college. Right. Well, maybe, you know, I think, the, you know, 
do you need all the subjects you learn at college? No. Um, some of the people who tell us we don't need to go to college, they made their billions, and that's why they dropped out of college, you know? But it's not just information we're learning at college. We're learning independence from our parents. We're learning self-reliance. Mm-hmm. We're learning self-confidence. We're learning how to develop human relationships. We're learning human interaction. We're learning how to deal with uh, uh, conflict with peers. Uh, we're learning how to make choices for ourselves. We're learning social interaction. We're learning stress management. We're learning, I mean, we're learning so much more than the classes. I can tell you my own college education, the stuff that I studied, you know, yeah, some of it applies to my life today. And I learned some stuff that was really valuable today. But what I learned that had nothing to do with the classroom environment because I went to college was, I I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Not to mention just some of the friendships Mm. that, you know, people who've been there for me now since I graduated college and continue to be in my life and believe in me and support me and allow me an opportunity to support them. Those friendships have been essential in my journey. Um, um, but I think there's something very interesting about the willingness to, to, to make a 180 degree turn and say, I'll give you a great example. Um, so we're told that the way you learn is to study by rote, to, you know, this is how people learn, you know, and you study the books. And there are people who are smarter and who understand pedagogy more than we do, but use big fancy words like pedagogy, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and they tell us this is how you're going to learn. Um, and the the to un, to learn how we learn, and the willingness to make sudden departures with that come with risk, because I learned better this way. I went through this in college myself, which is I realized I was a terrible I was terrible at reading, couldn't couldn't I couldn't learn from reading. So uh, originally I took all my I chose all my classes based on workload because I was lazy. Um, and I got such bad grades because I wasn't learning anything because even though the work word was workload was low, the teachers were terrible. And so the next semester, I picked all my classes based on the teacher rating regardless of the workload. And I took some classes that just were way too much work. But the teachers were so good because I need to learn by listening. Mm-hmm. I needed really passionate, invested teachers who invested in me and the classroom and their subject. They weren't just going through the motions, right? So I needed great teachers because that's how I learned. So I had to abandon one system to, to choose another. And even test taking, I didn't like book learning. I liked understanding. So I would take classes where I could write papers instead of take tests because it suited my personality. It suited mm-hmm. my, my style of learning. But I had to make these choices to abandon what I was being told and how I would do well in the world to take the risk to take classes that suited me, even though to everybody else, it was crazy. It's a little less than existential flexibility, but but I think it makes the point. And finally, last practice, courage. Again, you know, to, to it's 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 more exciting to 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 just be finite and be transactional about these mm-hmm. things, and to commit oneself to a lifetime of learning. That sounds like a long time. Um, so it's a commitment to a lifetime of learning, understanding that it's really really good to be the dumbest person in the room sometimes. You know, as much as it feels nice to be the smartest person in the room, but it's so much more valuable to be the dumbest person in the room and to learn the courage to raise your hand and say, uh, I don't understand. Can somebody please explain this in a different way? And amazingly, when you do that, when you have that courage, the number of people that also raise their hand and say, yeah, I don't understand either. Congratulations, you're a leader. Um, uh, 
because you went first into the unknown. Uh, so I think the courage to, in, in, the courage, uh, in in learning is the willingness to admit you don't know something. You we all, we all lie. We all do this. You know, somebody says, you know, have you read this book, or do you know this author, or do you know this subject? Mm-hmm. And we go, uh huh, or a little. When the answer is never heard of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you own this? Under, have you ever seen this video? Uh, no, don't know her. You know, is really powerful. Nope, never seen it in my life. Don't know. That takes huge courage. It's a, we're going to be humiliated. We're sitting in a meeting. They're asking us a direct question. You know, did you read the materials? And we have to go, nope. Well, I, I, re- I skimmed through them. Lie. Right. You know? Um, it takes courage to say, I don't know. And sometimes we'll get humiliated. But sometimes they're just asking us to find out a baseline of how much we know so they can tell us everything else. And if we lie, they won't tell us everything. You know, when I hear the words like encouragement, you know, somebody that's giving, helping somebody have courage or humiliated, I'm thinking about humility. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility to say that I don't know this and as well as a lot of courage also yeah. as well. So I think, I think it's fun. I've never thought about this, but I absolutely think the five practices map over, um, over learning. And I'll tell you one big one, which is just the mindset of learning, mm-hmm. which I learned from you. You don't know this. I've never told you this. Okay. So I am terrible at names. I, I've always been terrible at names and I just can't remember people's names. And it's caused me so much embarrassment, you know, cause I'll forget people's names that I'm supposed to know. And I've told you this and you said to me, no, you're good at names. You've just convinced yourself that you're bad at names because you don't have a reason to be good at names. Do you have a reason to be good at names? And I realized that when I meet people, um, it makes them feel that I, I feel connected to them. They feel connected to me and I feel connected to them if I can remember their name. Mm-hmm. And that one insight that you gave me, you know, not even any of the tricks of like staring at their face and like, you know, mm-hmm. but, but now it turns out I'm actually really good at names because I have a reason to remember people's names. I, 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 thought, I thought it was a brain thing. It was a mindset thing. So yeah, thanks to you, Jim, I'm now really good at names. Thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like this is something that somebody's watching or listening to this right now that it opens up more possibility in terms of what's fixed and what actually is. I thought my brain was wired that it couldn't remember names. Turns out I was completely wrong. <laughs> the, um, I want to talk about education real quick because sometimes people use the word education and learning interchangeably and sometimes it's institutionalized education. Um, but what also is a, a finite game is, is school where it just, it ends like you go through school is absolutely a finite game there's a beginning middle and end yep exactly no matter and you how can many... come in first yes there exactly. are agreed upon metrics and there's agreed upon time frames yep. but then eventually when you get to a certain level whether it's graduate school or some kind of mba or, or doctorate then it, it ends mm-hmm. right but learning never learning, ends. never ever learning ends. is infinite it school is, is infinite. finite learning is infinite 100 percent. i love that distinction um where can people get the book again uh, you know, wherever you like to buy books, you know, find bookstores and some not so fun I, th- I think bookstores, I mean, there's a different... It, booksellers, we call them booksellers exactly. now, Exactly. Right? It's two different, like, behaviors, buying a book and actually reading that book. So I would encourage everybody to, to not only buy in The Infinite Game, but also to read that book. It, in, it does make a very good coaster as well for the people who don't want to read it. So it's a great just, looking book. Just saying. It's a good coaster. I, don't, I just don't think people get credit for just having it sit on the shelf. Nah, you never know. <laughs> Everybody, we're actually going to give a signed copy away of The Infinite Game. This is Simon's latest book. Um, and all you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode 
or of this podcast um, as you're listening to it. And tag Simon, tag myself, and uh, and share your big aha. Share, share your big takeaway because when you, if you want to learn something better, you teach it to somebody else because you get to learn it twice. So share one thought that you got out of this conversation, post it, I'll repost some of my favorites, and we'll send a book to, uh, to one of you. So thanks again, Simon. Thanks, Jim. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, one more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag Quick Brain, K-W-I-K Brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.